So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and so thankful that love is our natural state. It's our true identity. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the power and the presence of love, our very life, our true identity. So grateful and so thankful to consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of joining together in spirit and remembering our true identity and the true identity of all of our brothers and sisters. So grateful and so thankful we rejoice to set ourselves free of all limiting thoughts and all limiting beliefs. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to that moment wisdom and intelligence. So grateful and so thankful for our willingness to try something new and to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us and as us in ways that are surprising. We're opening ourselves to receive more benefit from our connection with each other. We are grateful and thankful to be in a sacred circle together for the purpose of our healing and our awakening. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. So I see Liz there. And uh, I'm going to just um, uh, now, Liz, I had muted you because there, there was an echo on your line. So if you uh, are in the Liz, I don't know if you heard in the lower left-hand corner, there's a, a self-mute button there. And the reason why there was an echo is because actually I'm going to, I don't know if I should, you want to be on the phone and video? Do you need both? Oh, I did that because I'm, my internet's going in and out. Got it. That's fine. You can do both. No problem. So I'm just muted you on the video. So your phone is, um, the active one for your voice. Got it? Yes. Okay, great. Yep, I think your video just dropped off. Um, all right, and who, who's on the phone number uh, ending 8981? That's me, it's Lori. Oh, hey. Hey, you're, I can barely hear you, and I was trying to figure out how to connect on my computer, um, but I couldn't figure it out. It said to choose an application to be opened so that Zoom could open in an application, and I'm not quite sure what application to choose. Yeah, Zoom has its own application. So anybody just have that experience where they downloaded Zoom just now? Not just now, but I went. I, yeah. I, had, I had the same issue, and what worked for me, Lori, is um, 
I had gone to my activation uh, email from Zoom. I clicked on the activation it, uh, uh, link. It came up and said my account's already there, and then I clicked on the meeting link, and then, then it would come up. But if I did it in any other order, it didn't work. If I tried to log in directly through Zoom, it didn't work. So that was my experience. Okay. Thank you. And this and is I, Liz. And this I is just Liz and um, something and it got me in. Think. I think Liz? I'm gonna join. What were you saying, Liz? It, it's forcing me to update it. So it like kicked me off and it's forcing me to update the uh, software. <laughs> so I'm. I bet that's user error. I bet I clicked on something I shouldn't have. But that's why I'm kicked off right now. It's updating and downloading and doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. I, I just joined. Woohoo! <laughs> I just can't. How do you mute again? One, and then I'll be quiet. <laughs> In the lower left-hand corner, there's a little microphone there, and you just click on the microphone. I don't have a little microphone. Lower left-hand corner. Yeah, I don't have it. I had to minimize my screen and then it showed up. Okay, let me try that. This is Deb in between, and I'm not sure what happened, but I can hardly hear you now, Jennifer, either, so. Really? I haven't done anything on my end. Yeah, well, we can hardly hear you, Jennifer. You're, it's like you're way away from your microphone. That's what it sounds like. You were fine at the very beginning, and then it uh, changed uh, just as you were getting into your prayer. Okay, you know, I think what I'll do is I'll just... Uh, I, I have no idea what, what happened, so I'm just going to log out and log back in. And just an FYI, you sound fine on the phone. Okay, that's interesting. Let me give me uh, give me one. It doesn't take very long to log in, so let me. That. Okay. Hey, Lori, did you find your mute button? Uh, no, I'm not getting any, um, do you, do you, do you, I'm on the phone. Do you, do you see I'm your name? Phone. Do you see your name in the, in the bottom left-hand corner? Yep. Click on it. I did. Okay, I should give you a, a choice of muting. Mute my audio. Uh, nope, it says pin video, spotlight video, rename, and hide myself. Interesting. It's my very first choice is mute my audio. I have pin video, rename, and hide myself also. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not having, I can't hear you guys through the computer. I can only hear you through my phone. Now, what are the things, can you hear me now? Uh, it's about the same, Jennifer. All right. Try this headset, see if this will do anything. Um, Aha, I figured it out. 
Great. So I'm using my headset now. How does it sound now? Much better. Much better. Okay. Yeah, if anybody has trouble hearing me, I think what I would li like to request that you do is to just wave because I'll, I'll see that. Whereas uh, sending me the message, which I appreciate you sent me the message, um, Ron, but um, I may not see that. But I guess I'll get used to seeing that chat message. All right. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's just this learning curve as we used to being seen on video and things like that. We had a funny experience in, um, I think I mentioned this maybe in uh, our class last week, that we had a funny experience with um, one of the other classes, the first class we did on the video where, okay. So, Liz, I think you need to self-mute on your phone. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're getting the hang of it. We're getting the hang of it, yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, we had a funny experience where we had less people. So everybody was, I, I'm, I'm in the uh, gallery view, which is nice. And um, uh, we had less people, so everybody was a little bit bigger. And um, we had someone that uh, their roommate came in and saw them looking at the thing on the video screen. And they were going, oh, wow, what are you doing? But they only had their underpants on. <laughs> and so we got to have a just a, you know a view of that experience and um it was quite a visual and um bonus uh, <laughs> bonus experience highly spiritual and um did we do a class on sex yet this year i don't think we have that's okay. coming yeah, we'll do some classes on sex coming up. Um, and um, so that was alluring. To let your, your, your cohabitants know they will be on video too. Now, I'm getting a message here from Zoom that said your internet connection is unstable. So... Um, uh, just FYI, and let me see, make this uh, uh, offline. Okay. Any other questions before we begin our class? We've already prayed in. I think we're good. <sighs> yep, it's a learning curve. It's an adjustment. And... Um, we may find that uh, it's all a bit distracting initially. So, but I see a lot of viewers smiling and happy, and that's nice. Um, I had uh, asked that uh, people start reading this book. 
now when you I, when I see this on my screen, it's backwards. Does it look backwards to you? Uh, no. My you you can you, click the button that says no. mirror okay, effect good. and it'll flip it around for you. Oh. Where's the mirror effect button? Sorry, keep forgetting to unmute. If you go down to where the video little camera is and you hit the arrow, it comes to video settings. And oh, then okay. you can go in there and you hit the little button in the mirror and it flips your view back and forth. Raise your book, you can see a little better. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Hey, Moira. You're self-muted, I believe, there, Moira. Is that better? Can you hear me now? There you go. Right. Good day. Yes. Good day, mate. Houston, we have sound. Um, <laughs> So just by a show of hands, which now we get to do like this instead of star two, and, and uh, by the end, we'll be doing this, you know, kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, come on, sing with me. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Liz is doing it. Um, so uh, those of you here too, because you know, let's just do um, uh, the year three class. And um, Moira is in the Ascension Pathway, and so is um, Lawrence and Carla. And uh, uh, Jerry's in the year three class. So and the rest of you are in year two. Um, but so the year two people... <laughs> The year two people, who's got this book? Damn it, who's got the book? No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. Okay, great. Have you started reading it? Like yes. this? Yes. Actually, I got a PDF on the internet. It's yeah. my new Bible. It's wonderful, isn't it? Ah, the best. Yeah, it's really like juicy. It yeah, it's really juicy. In in previous years, I have um, read a lot of it to the class, and people seem to really appreciate my reading it. They said that uh, they felt they understood it better when I was reading it. So um, one of the things that struck me as I was preparing our class is, um, in the beginning, Joseph Benner he has this, this prayer, and it's that letter that's part of the preface uh, that starts with Dear God that he wrote September 15th, 1916. And uh, it struck me that this would be a beautiful prayer to just for anyone to read every day. 
and it says dear god thou all provider thou who art my inexhaustible supply my sufficiency in all things i hereby covenant with thee to devote my life and everything thou givest me in thy service to work henceforth for thee letting thee guide and i ask only for wisdom and understanding that i may know thy will and thy meaning when thou speakest and for strength never to doubt thy unfailing supply and support isn't that a powerful prayer that is a powerful powerful prayer I just, I love it. It's like Joel Goldsmith's prayer. There's so, there's so much commitment in them. It's quite profound. So this is one of the, the, the learning curves of the video experiences. Uh, we're touring Moira's house with her. Are you back home, Moira? Oh, is that what you were doing? I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just ad admit that as it is, it's, it's something for me to get used to. Uh, teaching on video is no big deal to me, but seeing everybody on video, because I know, um, when we did the first class, the Ascension Pathway class, a couple of people were getting up and leaving the room during class. And I was like, what, what, what's happening? Where are people yeah. going? Why, why, why are they leaving? You know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a different experience. Um, like it's fine if you want to turn the video off <coughs> on yourself, <coughs> that's fine. Um, uh, but it, we all have to become more mindful about uh, just are we going to be a distraction? You know, because, hey, uh, when I was in ministerial school, you may have heard me tell the story. I told sometime in the last year that um, when I was in ministerial school, uh, we had a lot of classes uh, on the phone and uh, with these teachers who um, were well-known authors and um, that's why they were teachers uh, in our classes because the uh, Ernest Holmes Institute thought it was really important to have uh, name brand uh, teachers and uh, it was very much about an intellectual experience versus a spiritual experience and um, we we had the experience in the class where uh, some of the the students in the class would um, suck up to the teacher and it was really obvious and it was uh kind of interesting how people would suddenly uh start saying things like uh professor so and so i uh i just wanted to say before we begin the class that um i love the part in chapter 12 where you talk about this and that and your experience so deeply moved me and it's so clear that you are uh vastly more intelligent than most people and truly you have an understanding that is uh so special and so unique and i feel so privileged to be in class with you and uh 
I tell you, if you were here, I would kiss the hem of your garment because you are, you are so far above us and we are so privileged to be able to be in the aura of your magnificence. And I'm just hoping some of it could rub off on me and that I could then rub it off on the congregants that I might be privileged to experience uh, connections with in my future. So I just, just needed to say how deeply moved I am to be in the brightness of your aura on these phone calls and and uh, I just hope you'll give me an A. So remember who I am. I'm the one who is kissing your ass week after week <laughs> because you don't see me kissing your ass. So I'm just hoping I can reach through the phone and kiss your ass. And um, I had one... Uh, one fellow student in the class, when people would go into those things, he would go into the bathroom with the phone and flush the toilet. Oh my God. And so we'd all be listening to this person kissing ass to the teacher and all of a sudden you hear it flush, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, where you might, uh, you know, have taken the phone into the bathroom with you and taken a bath even or done something like that now on video it's a little different so anyway <laughs> so where am i um i thought i would start with or my inspiration was to start with um the beginning of the impersonal life and uh, so for those of you who haven't yet delved into it or who um, haven't yet purchased it, that you might be inspired to, to get it and begin reading it. As you can see, it's, it's a little book and um, it's um, supercharged. It's very potent. Each, each little chapter is so potent. You'll really um, be able to chew on it for... Uh, real sustenance. So chapter one is entitled, I am. And it says, to you who read, I speak. To you who through long years and much running to and fro have been eagerly seeking in books and teachings, in philosophy and religion, for you know not what, truth, happiness, freedom, God, to you whose soul is weary and discouraged and almost destitute of hope, to you who many times have obtained a glimpse of that truth only to find when you followed and tried to reach it, that it disappeared in the beyond and was but the mirage of the desert, to you who thought you had found it in some great teacher who was perhaps the acknowledged head of some society, fraternity, or religion, and who appeared to you to be a master. So marvelous was the wisdom he taught and the works he performed, only to awaken later to the realization that that master was but a human personality with faults and weaknesses and secret sins, the same as you, even though that personality may have been a channel through which were voiced many beautiful teachings which seem to you the highest truth. And here you are, soul aweary and and hungered, and not knowing where to turn. To you I am come. 
Likewise, to you who have begun to feel the presence of that truth within your soul and seek the confirmation of that which of late has been vaguely struggling for living expression within, yes, to all you who hunger for the true bread of life, I am come. Are you ready to partake? If so, then arouse yourself, sit up, still your human mind, and follow closely my word herein spoken, or you will turn away disappointed once more, with the aching hunger still in your heart. I! Exclamation point. Who am I? I who speak with such seeming knowledge and authority? Listen, I am you, that part of you who is and knows who knows all things and always knew and always was yes i am you your self that part of you who says i am and is i am that transcendent innermost part of you which quickens within as you read which responds to this my word which perceives its truth which recognizes all truth and discards all error wherever found not that part which has been feeding on error all these years for i am your real teacher the only real one you will ever no, and the only master, I, your divine self. I, the I am of you, bring to you this my message, my living word, as I have brought to you everything in life, be it book or master, to teach you that I and I alone, your own true self, am the teacher for you, the only teacher and the only God who is and always has been, providing you not only with the bread and wine of life, but with all things needed for your physical, mental, and spiritual growth and sustenance. Therefore, that which appeals to you as you read is my message, spoken to your outer human consciousness from within and is but a confirmation of that which the I am of you always knew within, but had not yet translated in definite, tangible terms to your outer consciousness. Likewise, all that ever appealed to you coming from some outward experience, expression was but the confirmation of my word already spoken within. The outward expression was the avenue or means I chose at the time through which to teach and impress your human or self-consciousness. I am not your human mind nor its child, the intellect. They are but the expression of your being as you are the expression of my being. They are but phases of your human personality as you are a phase of my divine impersonality. I love that. So I am not your human mind, nor its child, the intellect. So you could call those the ego. They are but the expression of your being, as you are the expression of my being. 
They are but phases of your human personality as you are a phase of my divine impersonality. Remember, it's the impersonal life. Weigh and study carefully these words. Rise up and free yourself now and for always from the domination of your personality with its self-inflated and self-glorifying mind and intellect. For your mind henceforth must be your servant and the intellect your slave. If my word is to penetrate to your soul consciousness, your mind be your servant, your intellect your slave. I am come now to your soul consciousness, which I have quickened expressly in preparation for the reception of my word. Now, if you are strong enough to bear it, if you can put aside all your private personal fancies, beliefs, and opinions, which are but the rubbish you have gathered from the dumping grounds of others, if you are strong enough to cast them all away, then my word will be to you a source of endless joy and blessing. Be prepared to have this personality of yours doubt my word as you read it all along the way. For its very life is threatened, and it knows it cannot live and thrive and longer dominate your thinking, your feelings, your going and coming as of old. If you take my word into your heart and permit it there to abide, yes, I am come to you now to make you conscious of my presence. For I have likewise prepared your human mind so that it can, in a measure, comprehend the meaning of me. I have been with you always, but you did not know it. I have purposely led you through the wilderness of books and teachings of religions and philosophies, keeping ever before your soul's eye the vision of the promised land, feeding you with the manna of the desert that you might remember and value and long for the bread of the Spirit. Now I have brought you to the River Jordan that separates you from your divine heritage. Now the time has come for you consciously to know me. The time has come for you to cross over into Canaan and the land of Milkanani. Are you ready? Do you want to go? Then follow this, my word, which is the ark of my covenant, and you shall go over dry shod. Hmm. So we're being told that it's natural for us to doubt and that only the ego doubts. And so in our experience of opening our mind, the doubt will arise and it will, it will float away if we don't grab onto it. If we just say, oh yeah, there's doubt coming up and being released. It's like in any other kind of a situation where we're feeling uh, emotional and intense in any way, or there's negativity coming up, to be able to take that stance of the masterful one, the I am presence, and say, oh yes, there's the, the effect 
of the unbelief. There it is. There's the negativity. There's the, the doubt. There's the blame. There's the shame without identifying with it, without attaching to it, to recognize that this is the, the path of the personality healing. It's part of our experience. And it, it very much relates to uh, something that I love from the art of spiritual healing, right? The goldsmith. And this is page 29. Is God a servant is the name of the chapter. And it's, he writes, knowing that God is makes it unnecessary for you to find some God power to do something for you. God is, and God is ising. God is always ising. There is no such thing as God wasing. There is only God being God all the time. That is our salvation. God is always being God. God is always being power. God is always being love. God is always being life. God is always being wisdom. Try to understand God is this light of is, not was 2,000 years ago, not will be if we deserve it. Go out into a park where fresh grass is growing or where the leaves are sprouting on the trees or a little later when the blossoms are bursting. Notice how God is ising every single minute as leaves, flowers, and fruit. And the miracle is that nobody is praying for it. Nobody is asking for it. Nobody is telling God how much he needs these things the fruit and vegetables and cattle on a thousand hills. And yet, in spite of that, God is attending to all of it. Yes, God is attending to all our needs without assistance or interference from any of us. Now, I'm going to pause there and say, you know, one of the things about Joel Goldsmith is, Joel Goldsmith, uh, he, comes, he was a Christian science practitioner, so he was a student of Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was a great mystical teacher, who was a student of Mary Baker Eddy's. And um, no, I'm sorry, Joel Goldsmith was not a student of Emma Curtis Hopkins, but um, he, uh, as a Christian science practitioner, he was very much part of this bridge of and uh, this bridge of moving from uh, anthropomorphizing God, in other words, uh, making God into a human being or a, a, a male figure uh, with gender, God the Father. Uh, bridging that gap or that that um, awareness to the God the infinite, God the all-inclusive, and God not a masculine being. So he was 
really one of these teachers who was helping move us from that uh, anthropomorphizing of God to the God, the infinite one life, one presence. And so he does speak about God as the father um, and call God a hymn. Uh, at the same time, he, he also is teaching us about the, the infinite nature of God, the all-inclusive, all our needs without assistance or interpreters who remember that in the early 1900s, the American public was warned of the great danger which lay just ahead because not enough horses were being bred. In a few years, there will not be enough horses in this country to take care of the commercial needs of the country. Americans do something about it. The answer to this call to action might well have been, why not pray? But in a few years, there was no longer a need for horses because man's ingenuity had devised the internal combustion engine and its use in automobiles, trucks, and traction replaced horses. And what would we have been praying for? Horses? So when there weren't enough horses being bred and born, what would we have prayed for to solve that crisis? people would have prayed for more horses. But more horses weren't the answer. The, the engine, the combustible engine was the answer. But how can we know the answer from a limited perspective when we're really interested in moving into an expansive awareness? You see, and this is why we don't pray for things. Because when we're praying for things, we think the answer is the thing. There's an attachment to it. And um, so imagine that you're in the desert and you're dying of thirst. And imagine praying for a cup of water. Well, that cup of water isn't going to last you very long. You might get that cup of water, but that cup of water is not going to quench your thirst or solve your dehydration. And you, you wouldn't even pray for an oasis of water because what if that oasis of water is limited? It drives up, it dries up and are you going to stay at that oasis? Is there food for you? Is You see, we can just get so attached to the form of things and then we're in real limitation and we don't really know what the answer is the answer might be for us to move out of the desert altogether but if we think the only problem i have is my thirst and if i just had a cup of water then for a moment i wouldn't be thirsty so the problem is we don't have enough horses so if we just get more horses uh, into the pipeline being bred and born then that will solve our problems. But from a limited human perspective, not being able to see beyond time and space, we, we can't find the answer. So why even bother? 
why why look for the answer when we can open our mind and say you know what i need i am mighty i am presence holy spirit jesus infinite creator you know what i need better than i do and that everything in our life is serving a holy purpose and so we don't need to pray for something something to come into our life or something to go out of our life um you know it's that experience of uh, of sometimes thinking uh, as a counselor, uh, somebody coming and saying to me or praying with someone uh, in a church setting as I've done so many times, praying for someone, they say, uh, I say, what would you, I, I, I used to, when asking people, when people would come to me for prayer, sitting in the back of the church and people would come and line up for prayer and I would always say to people, what would you like prayer about? And other people would ask, what do you want prayer for? And I, I feel it's a more open and helpful question. What would you like prayer about rather than what would you like prayer for? Because the tendency is if you ask somebody, what would you like prayer for? They're going to be, well, I'd like to get this. I'd like to have that. And that's what I'd like prayer for. But if you say, what would you like prayer about? Then people are going to say things like, I'd like prayer about my relationship, to have peace in my relationship. But if you said, what would you like prayer for? Someone might say, I'd like prayer for my husband not to leave me. Or, uh, you know, something like that to have more intimacy in my relationship uh, when maybe more intimacy in the relationship would not necessarily be the highest and best thing. Uh, so it's, it's so valuable to understand that we are not praying for things we are praying to really let go of all attachment to all things yikes so <laughs> and um and i can honestly say in my own experience all this travel that i've been doing i really see how much it is about releasing all attachment to all things um just everything you know no Starbucks for all, you know, would have loved to have had a nice little Starbucks experience uh, this afternoon. 7-0. Not finding any Starbucks. Always opening my mind to new things. 7-Eleven coffee. Um, well, you know that good coffee is proof of God. I teach that in year one, don't I? And bad coffee is the work of the devil. Um, 
All right, I'm gonna pause there. I can feel people have got some things to say. So who would like to share? Any thoughts? I have to tell you, I love this book. Hi. Um, and that analogy that you gave was the one that I picked uh, that just jumped right out of me that drew me into this book. Um, and every time I get into the thoughts of, I know what I want, I go back to that stupid horse reading every time and it just is so clear it's like you don't even know you're praying for horses so i love that i'm i'm loving this book yeah it's a great example we can all get that yep yeah thank you sheila where are you sheila i'm at frank's in his office can you tell <laughs> technically well, challenged probably had to be there yeah so he has a home office that's nice uh he does i've squeezed into the corner <laughs> uh, did you get any more rain i haven't gotten any rain lately oh good no we didn't get anything off of it poor sean and um Lori and all of those guys ron they all got it yeah we did not thankfully so my prayers are out for all of y'all mm-hmm I've been having trouble with my podcast, so I haven't listened to your your um, community call from last weekend. Anybody else like to share? I just oh. love the impersonal life. Um, it's kind of become a Bible for me. Uh, I read a little bit of it every day. I've read it all the way through twice already, but I still like just open it up every day and read a little something, read a little something. It, it uh, just is a great way to anchor myself in the morning, reminding mm. myself of be still and know I am God. Yes. Yeah. I think it's really reinforcing. Um, yeah. It's just uh, underpinning so many things you've already taught. Um, going through Brent Haskell's um, um, book right now, which is an expansion of what Jesus says in the workbook, uh, The Journey Beyond Words. And this is exactly what, you know, the portion is that he's talking about right now, that we're it. Uh, and when we, but not to get upset or frustrated when our personality gets, uh, you know, gets in the way, uh, just remember, I don't know what anything's for. My I am does. Uh, but I'm just not fully quite experiencing yet, but I will, you know, don't, don't get upset. Don't, don't get hard on myself. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're on the journey on the path is coming, uh, but this is who you really are. And it's, it's, it goes back to kind of your, I am, the I am statements, you know, this is who I really am. Uh, and, uh, well, I tell you just saying those and, and, uh, feeling those in your, in your, you know, it's constantly in your bones to me just is really, um, really been helpful, really been great. So this, now this is, this is fan. You know, this is really, really good. I read a good portion of this book about a year ago, but it's much more meaningful to me right now. Mm. Mm. 
and Liz. Yeah, I'm, I'm really loving that prayer in the beginning on a daily basis. I'm going to do that for the next week. And uh, one of the things I encourage you to do with the uh, in the class is uh, read it out loud to yourself. Read it out loud because I've, I'm a big believer in that, uh, reading things out loud that are of this nature. Um, and I, I uh, obviously I do, I read a lot of things out loud as part of the teachings and um, it's, I feel the vibrational shift through reading it out loud and I feel uh, the healing energy of it. So one thing too is let's say you're not feeling well in a particular day or you're feeling um, upset or tired or anything like that to just pick up one of these books and just start reading it out loud. Just start reading it out loud and see if it doesn't shift your vibration immediately. Does anybody ever do that? Yeah. I do, yes. Yeah, it really works because it's the, using our throat chakra that way and um, it, it resonates down into our heart chakra. Yes, Peter, um, Peter Ross, my prayer partner, um, he sent um, me some prosperity um, affirmations. I'm just going to try and turn my camera on, but it's... And um, reading them out loud, it's, it's so powerful. It's really... Um, yeah, you're right, it, it resonates. It... Mm -hmm. um, it's a body. It makes it then a body, mind, spirit experience, and not just an intellectual mind experience. Yeah, it, it really does. It out into the body. Mm. Yeah, yeah, words have power. And written and spoken. Certainly, and Jennifer's um, suggestion of reading the fear and conflict section out loud, which I still do occasionally. You know, if I can't get back to sleep because my head's full of ants um reading it out loud yeah it's huge it's huge because it's you know i mean i can even drift off mm. and think about something else reading something you know i can do two things at loud. no then then i'm really i'm in it mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, remind everybody what uh, ANTS is. Yes, um, automatic negative thoughts. Yeah. yeah. They, um, they've made very few appearances since I last saw you, Jennifer. Oh, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, rocking and rolling. Yeah, far fewer appearances. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Have you been doing any, I know, when did you get back to Australia? A couple of weeks ago, um, on around the 28th, I think, well, something I'm like that. 
I'm just going to mention that so Moira just went through the counseling training, as did Ron, in mm -hmm. uh, the UK. And uh, Lori and Linda have been through the counseling training. And, um, uh, and Liz it hasn't been through the counseling training, but she's a science of mind trained practitioner like I am. And so um, I am just going to encourage everybody while you can see some of these folks here to, and Carla, where's Carla? We don't see Carla. I'm not sure which one Carla is anymore. But Carla um, also went to the training. Oh, hey, there's Paul. Um, <laughs> Liz's husband. Uh, but at least he has his clothes on and we're not getting a crotch shot. That's good. Um, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe next week. Um, <laughs> oh, funny stories I could tell you. Um, yeah, I encourage you to do the one-on-one -on -one sessions with these folks who are doing their counseling training. You know, not I don't. So you you're seeing them, and you can. Uh, I encourage you to avail yourself of of that. Um, not everyone's in the certification program, but still, uh, if you feel called, I'm sure people would love to practice and do the, the session work. It's, it's a wonderful um, way to deepen your practice and to be the two or more who are gathered for a healing purpose. So I really encourage you to take advantage of that. Yes, indeed. Any questions about that? All right. You know, and here's the thing. Um, I've worked with so many people who have uh, had very intense things going on. Very intense things going on. And the people who have decided to put the pedal to the metal and they're making use of all the resources they have. So doing many counseling sessions, writing many forgiveness letters, uh, having uh, multiple prayer partners, and really actively doing these things, they always have amazing healing, miraculous breakthroughs. So anytime that you feel you're going through a particularly challenging time, kick up, kick up the... Um, you know, turbocharge your uh, investment in your spiritual healing through these different uh, offerings that are part of our community here. And we're going to be moving to having the community calls on video as well. And uh, I think that's going to make a big difference in the community calls. At least uh, I think we'll, we'll, We'll see about that. We have to get the uh, facilitators trained to uh, feel comfortable with running the, the call, the community calls on video. So, um, and the invitation is for more people to come forward and be willing to participate and hold the space for a community call. Um, it's not that complicated. It's not that hard. And it's a great gift to the community so that we can have more community calls. 
and have uh, smaller groups so that everyone can share in, in that one hour space. So there's an invitation there for some people to be willing to step up and, and start facilitating. Anybody and it's healing for the facilitators too. It really is. It really is. And let me just ask you, Linda, you've been doing it for a while now, um, for not quite two years. Uh, do you feel that it's challenging to you at all? Is it difficult? No, not at all. It's easy peasy. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, there's a little tiny technical glitch, but I haven't had anything that um, Tina couldn't fix. <laughs> Thank God. And um, yeah, it's just, even if I don't speak for the entire hour, it's just um, listening to everybody, sharing and you know, feeling how I can relate to what they're saying and um, reminding myself of the um, breakthroughs that I've had in listening to them share. It's just, it's just a wonderful experience. And I'm here to be truly helpful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if you'd be interested in getting some training and be willing to even co-pilot as a facilitator, uh, just let Angela know, Angela at JenniferHadley.com, and we'll get you up and running. We're going to be doing some, uh, we're going to actually do uh, a facilitator, Zoom facilitator call tomorrow at two o'clock eastern two o'clock eastern that's right and you can join us if you like all right so going back to the horses uh going back to the horses it says what would you have been praying for Horses? Do you not see the foolishness of believing that man can prepare for the future or that his wisdom is sufficient to provide for the future? God's grace is our sufficiency in all things today, tomorrow, and a thousand years from now. God is about God's business. God is expressing itself now. And the highest form of prayer is God already is. The highest form of prayer is God already is. Be satisfied that God is. Be satisfied that God is omnipresent, omnipotent. Be satisfied that God is where you are this instant until the moment of illumination comes when you behold god as god is be satisfied to know the nature of god as you understand god is the creative principle of life that which maintains and sustains 
all creation, that which is the intelligence of this universe, the very love and life and fiber of this universe, you will not pray to it. You will rejoice in it. And that will be your prayer. You will commune with it, seeking nothing for yourself, seeking nothing for anyone else, and never relegating God to the meant to do your will or to satisfy your desires. About dedicating ourselves to be first and foremost. And learning my way around this dashboard here. Uh, that our mind is the mind of God. And I have to say, I know I've said it many, many times, the more I clear my mind of that which is meaningless and allow simply the, the spaciousness to be able to receive. So being more and more in that um, zero space that uh, Hugh Len talks about, where I'm simply receptive to divine insight and wisdom and clarity, and recognizing my own inner impulse to express peace and joy and beauty and wisdom and clarity and freedom, that uh, I, I'm constantly amazed, especially while I'm traveling, how many things work together for my good and how I can have a thought of, well, just the simplest thing, like where will I find this thing that I need for class or how will I um, do this or do that? And then somebody just comes along and hands it to me or suddenly it's to me or and so often I can just I can in this suitcase did I leave it in New Jersey did I put it in storage in Maine or where where is this thing or that thing and just angels tell me where it is and then bam it's there I go look for it there it is or just, okay, I know it's in the suitcase somewhere. There's a lot of stuff in the suitcase. Angels to help me just reach in and find it. And I do. And so it's so helpful, I think, to prove God again and again and again by really being in this relationship of communion. Not to pray for things, but to pray to being open to only doing that which is meaningful only doing that which is effectively expressing more wisdom more beauty more love and the spiritual qualities of god and so the invitation is to really on a daily basis keep recalibrating is what i'm about to do now in service to the highest 
And it's honestly, it's not about being some kind of saint where you don't have any fun. It's about really what is the motivation for what I'm about to do? So for me, uh, I, I love storytelling. I just love it. I learn so much uh, that I can teach from through storytelling. I'm a highly trained screenwriter. I'm a playwright. Um, I write almost every day and I, cause sometimes I write a blog ahead of time or I recycle one, but I, I write almost every day and I'm a highly creative person and I, I, I'm, I love to watch movies and stories and I also recognize that sometimes I just feel like I really would like to move into a fantasy world and not be a part of this world for a while. I just want to escape it and not think about it and not feel the density of it. And so I just want to take my mind and put it in a virtual reality of a movie or a TV show. And, uh, just when I feel that and I notice that, I can look at it and say, okay, I can still make the same choice to watch that movie or that TV show or whatever it is I might be interested in doing, but I can make it from a different energetic, a different place. And that way it can be meaningful to me and not meaningless. And I still have experiences on a regular basis where I can see that the choice I made earlier in the day or the day before, something like that, when I'm falling asleep or preparing for bed, doing my evening spiritual practice, reviewing the day, and uh, which I highly recommend that you begin as a spiritual practice if you're not doing it already to do a, a review and just really look at are there things that I would do over and then if there are things that you would do over or anything where you feel a sense of let's say regret or resentment to not do nothing about it to invoke the violet flame, to um, have a healing, to say a prayer, to bless the person, to um, consciously connect with them in your mind. You can bless them. You can apologize if necessary. It's about really being more responsible and more awake to what you are choosing and the ramifications of it. And so whenever I have a sense now, whenever I have a sense of I could have done something uh, a bit more loving, A, I like to contact the person 
if possible and say you know I was thinking about what what I said or what I did and I realized I could have been more loving and I I I learned from that and I I'm uh, I'm grateful for our connection I'm grateful for our experience uh It's so amazing. I have so many experiences of working with people one-on-one -on -one where they have had a falling out with someone or a devastating experience in their marriage or with their children or with a friend or a parent and things are really gnarly, uh, really upsetting. Pe there's a sense of people being deeply wounded and hurt and wanting to leave the relationship forever. And when that happens, uh, when that happens, then And they come to me for counseling, I say to them, and I was talking about this in the year one class yesterday, I'll say, your love, their love. Don't give up on love. Don't give up on somebody. You might need to take a time out from the relationship, but don't give up on it. Give give the relationship up to God. Don't give up on the relationship. And hold that the highest and best is unfolding. And work with an I am statement or multiple I am statements like, I am pure love. I am fundamentally good. I am the light. And I have found that because I don't know if you have these experiences, but I used to have them really intensely a lot. Oh. Something just happened. Are you seeing? Mm-hmm. I saw something that said Ron has started screen sharing. Yes, Ron, we're seeing your screen. And it's um, an email to Gail, which I won't read because it's not my business. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if I can, there we go, live and learn. There's probably some way to lock it down from, from that happening. And... Um, just so glad you weren't watching porno on the side there, Ron. <laughs> I know I've heard about that. So I'm just kidding. Um, that was a little bit earlier. <laughs> great class warm up. Um, but one of the things that used to happen to me all the time, Oh, just it was awful and uh, maybe you have this experience where I have to keep a time a uh, 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 watch on the time because I don't see my clock because I've got the full screen and uh, we're going to wrap up here uh, in a little bit um, I used to have this experience all the time when I was falling asleep 
at night and it would come into my mind some fear thought or some memory of being mean to somebody being heartless and cruel to them and then feeling um, awful about it feeling guilty feeling ashamed feeling regret and my mind would start to spin and my adrenaline would start to rush does anybody ever have that do you ever have that experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody not ever have that experience? Yeah. So um, what I learned was to just really partner up in those moments, get right in there, don't entertain it. And as soon as the thing starts to get triggered, to say, I, I am not going there. I am not interested in that. That is not a journey I'm taking. I'm resting in the love of God. And that's all that I know. It's all I understand. It's all that makes sense to me. It's all that I value. I am resting in the love of God. I am sleeping serenely in the love of God. Uh, and... I, I learned to really bless anyone that I was feeling guilty or ashamed about how I had treated them that day or whatever it was that was being triggered or up and to really call forth the healing and to ask the Holy Spirit. Now, this was before I was studying A Course in Miracles, but I would ask the Holy Spirit, ask Spirit to um, remove any traces of my wrong decision and uh, like it says on page 90 in the course in the text um, you remove uh, all the consequences of my wrong decision so I, I started practicing that and found it to be incredibly helpful so my my sense of contrition or just the realization that I need to take responsibility for this I wish I hadn't done it I've learned from it and may the person that was affected by it, may they not even remember it. May it be completely wiped from their memory that there no consequence in their life, that they are blessed. And I found a lot of comfort in being able to know that my prayers and that kind of spiritual work was real. And that it, it, I could, being one with God, call for that level of healing of the consequences and the removal of these thoughts from somebody else's mind that I, I could call for that. Now, of course, the other person has to be willing to, to let it go, uh, but calling for those blessings for that person. And uh, I really had the the knowing the faith the trust that this miraculous work in healing energetically was taking place and so that helped me tremendously because i could feel it it's like you probably all have heard me tell the story of when i had uh, this upset with my father when um around the time of my mother's death and um, I had this major healing and I asked the angels, I said, I'd like some sign from my father that, that he has experienced the healing as well. And I, I made that prayer and that request uh, 
before I went to bed one night, that night that, that the healing had happened for me. And I already had the sense that it had happened for my father and I had the faith and I wanted some visible, tangible proof in the world of form. Uh, not that I needed it, but I had a desire for it. Um, and um, the very first thing the next morning that my father said to me was, Jennifer, I just want you to know that these difficulties we've had, they're over and they're not happening anymore. It's all in the past. I mean, it couldn't have been a more clear sign of the work I had done in the invisible being absolutely real and so it's through my asking for these signs and and knowing that my mind is the mind of god if i purify my mind i'm bringing everyone with me and having these tangible experiences of proof i, I could tell you so many stories um one story was uh, with uh, someone who was a friend of mine who um, had the appearance of being, let's say, a troubled soul. And um, they had come to me in some desperation. And um, I was talking with them and um, they took offense. They, they misread what I was saying and they took offense and got really, really angry with me and a diatribe foul mouth diatribe and then they called me later and left me one or two voicemails angry angry hostile voicemails and i knew absolutely that it didn't have anything to do with me it was that they were perceiving that um someone they they, they needed in their mind, they needed my love, they needed my compassion, they needed my companionship. And in their mind, somehow, I was not offering it, and which was absolutely not the truth at all. But they needed to have this experience, I needed to have this experience as a clearing. And um, I didn't feel upset or take it personally. I just knew this is a strong call to prayer for this person. This is a pivotal moment in this person's life. And I literally prayed, like spirit woke me up like every 30 minutes. And I just prayed all through the night. Uh, and, you know, in uh, like for 24 hours, I just about every 30 minutes, I prayed for this person. And um, within 24 hours, they called and they said, I'm so sorry. I I lost my mind, and um, I I I know you deeply love me. I know that, and I feel it. And I'm sorry. And I was just like, it's not a problem. I'm just glad that you're back in your right mind. That's all that matters. The, the what happened does not matter. It's all good. The only thing that matters is you're back in your right mind, and so. It's this, what Goldsmith is talking about, the prayer for uh, knowing, absolutely knowing.
the sufficiency of God. Where he says at the bottom of 29, God's grace is our sufficiency in all things today, tomorrow, and a thousand years from now. God is about God's business. God is expressing itself now, and the highest form of prayer is God already is. God already is. And it's what it says in the impersonal life about rise up and free yourself now and for always from the domination of your personality with its self-inflated and self-glorifying mind and intellect. For your mind henceforth must be your servant and the intellect your slave if my word is to penetrate to your soul consciousness. Anybody have anything they'd like to share before we close out? This has been a fun experience. <laughs> Seeing everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, we're, we're going to, it'll take us a little bit of time to adjust to it. Yeah, I'm finding um, it difficult because I'm, I'm such a fidgeter. You know, I'm always scratching my face or drinking water or shifting my position, <laughs> you know, and then I look at, and then I'm, I'm flicking through and looking at, you know, um, everyone else on the call and um, most of you are so zen-like and I think, oh, God. I can't sit still. <laughs> yeah. That thing about, um, um, yeah, making our intellect our slave and our mind our servant, um, it is so true. And um, I guess I just, my practice is to, um, to be aware of and tuned into my heart as often as possible. And, um, and of course, when I speak, when I've been in a situation where it's very important that I speak appropriately and carefully, if, I, if, it's a, if it has come from my heart, if I have tuned into my heart, perhaps with a breath, before I speak, then I have seen instances where words come out of my mouth that I would not have thought of with my intellect. But the fact that my intellect is, you know, that I'm intelligent and I know how to use words means that the words formulate themselves in clear order. So the mind gathers itself and comes to the fore to pursue and fulfill the priority of my heart. Yes. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Well said. And more and more shall it be so. Indeed. Amen. Amen. I'd like to point out to everyone that with your Zoom accounts, you can do your prayer partner calls. And I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, this Zoom seems to be a better technology than Skype or for me, FaceTime. Anybody else have any thoughts about the technology just before we close out here? Have you got any idea, Jennifer, about um, is there a difference in um, use um, Skype or FaceTime or, or, or Zoom use the same amount of megabytes? I Any do ideas on know. that? I don't know. Um, sure. But we can find out. It, it might, it, yeah, yeah, I guess I, yeah. Cool, thanks. Yeah, the thing is, is FaceTime and Skype don't have this capability. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. Because I know some people do play, pay for their um, internet by how many gigabytes they use. I know that that's pretty common outside the United States, that people don't yes, have. I have a, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, have, I do, I, I, I prepay, and that's actually the cheapest way I can do it. But for say $60 a month, I'll get, um, I think 3.8 gigabytes. And that's usually enough, but, um, you know, it's eaten up if I use, if I do video. And so I don't quite yet know if this uses up many gigabytes or megabytes. Right. Yeah, it's going to use up more for sure. Yeah, if I'm on video than if I just do mm-hmm. audio. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I don't have a way, I don't know how to play a song in this, but um, there is a way, I'm sure, because I know there's ways to upload videos, which I'm sure I will um, experiment with. And um, I know also I will be doing um, share screen things uh, and so I can use some uh, PowerPoint kinds of slides and things. I'm looking at um, possibly doing that with some of the Living a Course in Miracles classes that we might actually have some of the Living a Course in Miracles classes on this technology where um, not where we would see necessarily the whole audience but see me and that uh, I would do some uh, PowerPoint kinds of things. And um, so we're exploring. And, and any, we can sing together. We can sing together? Yes. 
Yes. Isn't that how we started? Kumbaya. We're going <laughs> to. It says make a joyful noise. <laughs> Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Um, yeah. That's gorgeous, Linda. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's for me, it, it, it means so much to me to be able to see you all, you know, I love you all so much. And it's because um, you, you all don't have necessarily yet a relationship with each other, but I, I have relationships with all of you. So you're, you're my spiritual family and to be able to see all of us in the same room, it's, it's pretty nice, pretty exciting for me. So um yeah, we're, uh, I, I can tell you, I haven't told anybody yet, but I can tell you, um, I mean, no one it really, except for the people involved, that uh, we formed a steering committee to work on creating these community groups and uh, opening them up, in addition to our normal community calls that are part of the curriculum, but to open up community group calls so people who are no longer in Masterful Living can participate, people who are in Finding Freedom can participate. And as we have more and more people who are willing to step into a leadership role and be a leader on a, a group or a co-leader, actually, then... Um, the more co-leaders we have, the more groups we can have. And uh, really, we're looking at creating a model where we, we literally could have hundreds or thousands of groups and support people all over the world who don't have anyone to talk to. Because there are a lot of people all over the world who have no one to talk to about these things. It's going to create a revolution. So we're, we're calling for people to step forward and be willing to hold that space once or twice a month as a co-facilitator, co-leader in a small group of six or eight people. So I'm hoping some of you will be called to volunteer to help with that. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's close out with a prayer here. So grateful and so thankful that the technology supports us becoming closer, having a, a closer walk with God by means of connecting with each other and seeing and experiencing the unity of all life through our video conferencing. So grateful and so thankful the ways in which spirit is leading us and guiding us so grateful and so thankful that spirit is our true nature that it is the mighty i am presence the i am of our own being so we are grateful and thankful to follow along and be a loving prince in our life in our heart in our mind to truly be in service to the light through making a joyful noise. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we allow our healing to be. We let it be, and so it is.
Amen. 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 Yes. All right. Well, God bless you all. And thanks for your willingness to participate. I love you so much. And um, you know what I'm realizing is the people who are on the phone, I don't know how you raise your hand on the phone. So I have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. <laughs> I wonder if I could play. I wonder. Well, I'm not going to play around with that right now, but we'll 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 find ways. I'm sure to uh, play the songs because I like that part. All right. God bless you. I love you. And, and, you know, Liz Racy, she's a, a sign language interpreter, and uh, this is how the deaf applaud. <laughs> I love you all so much. God bless you. Mwah. God bless everyone. <laughs>